Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And today, I am excited to be speaking with relationship expert and author, Dr. Laura Seale, about the freedom and joy of dating after 40. For the past 11 years, I have been working as a love and women's empowerment coach, helping women over 40 enter into the best relationships they have ever had and find the man of their dreams. The secret is they found their own value first. And as I grow and advance the Women of Value movement, I plan to support women even further by giving them accessible tools to teach other people how to treat them and by showing them how valuing themselves is simply not negotiable in life, in love, and at work. Every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value, and this week's tip is communicate clearly and graciously. I would say this is number one tip of all the tips that I share because before I learned how to communicate clearly, I was always frustrated. I felt undervalued. I felt misunderstood. I felt unseen. And what happens to so many of us, especially women, we are not taught to speak up in an empowered way. And we're taught to be nice and to worry about everybody else. But when we take care of our needs first by really knowing what we're feeling, what we're needing, how to set boundaries, it is so incredibly empowering and connecting to the right people because nobody has to be mind reading. Um, Nobody gets frustrated because you're imploding because you've kept something in for so long and and then expressed it. So This is a skill that I had to learn. I've been teaching it for about 13 years now. I absolutely feel like this is a must if you're going to value yourself and have other people value you. Before I bring Dr. Laura on, I just want to invite you to my private Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. So if you are not yet a member When you're done listening to this show, hop on to Your Last First Date. It's in the groups section of Facebook. And we are about 2,600 members strong. This is a group that's heavily monitored. There is absolutely no man bashing, no unkindness. My guidelines are super clear and really enforced because I feel that if we are not in a positive, supportive community, it just doesn't work. We don't want to have all of this icky, man-bashing stuff. It just keeps everybody from finding the relationship that they want. It's, it's like a cancer in, in the group when something like this happens. So um, join us at Your Last First Date. And now let me introduce our guest. Dr. Laura Seal is an expert on relationships, emotional intelligence, and living life to the fullest. She's passionate about life and love, and she's a guide for anyone who wants to feel empowered to live life unapologetically. I love that. She's a psychologist. She's also an internationally accredited coach, and she's the co-author of the book Rock Solid, From the Bedroom to the Boardroom. 
She gets hired by media, organizations, and individuals to provide tips and training on how to shift out of the cycle of pain and suffering and begin to live your life with courage, clarity, self-compassion, and empowerment. This is so my jam, and I can't wait to talk to Dr. Laura Seal. <laughs> so join me now for episode number 320, The Freedom and Joy of Dating Again After 40. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I love what you stand for, and I resonate so much with with starting over in midlife. Mm. Well, thank you. And I think we have a mutual girl crush here. So um, (laughs) I I just, I really just, every word that I just said about your work just so resonates with me and the work that I do too. And I I think we, we need people like us to help women have the skills, the tools to get out there and not feel that, that there is no hope for a future of empowerment, of love, of an unapologetic life. Um, So let's let's talk about finding love again. And and I know you started over in midlife. So tell us us your story about how you got to where you are today. Mm, Okay. Well, you know, there there are two tracks. There's what's happened professionally, which has morphed and changed. I've always had a desire to connect with people, to empower people, and to really help people feel fullness in their hearts and in their lives. And that's taken on different roles over over the years. So that's the combination of being a psychologist and being a coach. I felt a little bit limited in psychology, so I wanted to expand. I wanted to work with organizations as well as individuals. Um, and I also now am doing some of that work with my partner, who's also my personal partner, William Poet. But there's the personal journey, which also impacts the professional journey. And I, you know, especially for the your listeners, I was married fairly young. I was married right before my 24th birthday. So I didn't have a whole lot of dating experience before that. You know, some, but I was married for 20 years and then um, ended up getting divorced when I was in my 40s. And my my view was that there were things that I had abandoned in myself. There were things that I had let go that were important to me. I was the opposite of being unapologetic. I was essentially (laughs) apologizing and and making myself small and trying to fit into what everyone else wanted around me. And I realized that there was such a huge part of me that wasn't alive. And for me, it, it was the shocker of having my mom die suddenly where I realized wow, I could die tomorrow and I haven't even started living. And when I started mm-hmm. looking at what does that look like for me? What does it look like to truly be living my life, embracing my life? Um, I realized that my my marriage, my family, that I had been practically killing myself trying to keep afloat. <laughs> um, it, mm-hmm. it, I was the only one, you know, I was really the only one that... And I mean, he was doing the best that he could, but our, the way that we were approaching it just wasn't, it wasn't lining up with what was most important to me. And so I realized I became very clear with my communication about what 
what I wanted and what I needed. And it just, it just wasn't lining up. You know, for some people it lines up and it's wonderful and there can be a refreshing of the relationship. And, and sometimes it's just not meant to be. And our, we just weren't meant to be beyond that point. And it was more important to me to really honor who I am and I was willing to be single for the rest of my life if that if that was the case because I wanted I wanted to feel love and joy and adventure and those are just a few of the things that and that I that I valued and mm. so I found myself in my 40s you know being having been married for 20 having been together for 23 years 22 years almost 23 years and um you know, I just, I honestly, I loved it. <laughs> I, I wasn't afraid of it. I loved it. I embraced it. So I, I know I also work with people in that, in, in that type of scenario. And it's not always, it's not always that way. It can be a little bit scary. It can be daunting. It can be confusing. It can be overwhelming. Um, and it was that at certain times for me, but you know, I just always knew what type of energy, what type of, um, if I were to be in a relationship, I knew what I wanted that energy to feel like. So notice I didn't say like what kind of person and the details of the person, but I knew what uh-huh. I wanted that energy to feel like. And so anytime that I went on a date or if I was, if I saw someone for a period of time, I would really celebrate and be grateful for the areas where there was that resonance. And then where there wasn't, I would ask myself, is this, you know, am I willing to give up this in order to be in this relationship? And for many years, the answer was no until I found my partner. Mm. Wow, your story is so similar to mine. It's like <laughs> so crazy. I mean, I was married for 23 years. I got married a little, a few years after you, but I completely abandoned so much of myself. And it was that wake-up call of like, I don't care if I'm single. I like not leaving for somebody else. It was leaving right, to save right. myself. You know, it's like yeah. if I don't get out of here. I'm going to die. And you know what? That's the way I felt. uh, I felt like I was going to die in my fifties. I could Mm -hmm. feel it. I was having more and more health problems and weird, weird, strange things would happen that, you know, my, my physician couldn't explain, but there was a part of me that knew intuitively that I, you know, it sounds, I, I was doing it to myself and I was doing it to myself because I dishonored part of who mm-hmm. I was. And I, 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 like you, I didn't leave for someone else. He didn't leave for someone else. We, we had, we, we had no infidelity in our marriage. And I, if I, well, I guess if I did leave, I left for me, <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. I guess I left for myself, not for someone else. Yeah. Well, that's the most important person to leave for, in my opinion. I think people who leave for other people often have unresolved issues and they come right. up again and again in that relationship. So this is healthy. I mean, it's it's really a great place to be, to be happy, to be single, um, to love your own company. And I love yeah. what you said about the energy. I just gave a, a master class on Monday night about how to go on your last first date. And I talked about feelings 
about 800 times in the two and a half hours <laughs> because we, again, it's like what I said at the beginning about the communication piece, that we also don't know how to identify how we feel about something. We abandon that. So often when right. we're working so hard to please somebody else, so that's where you were, like that smaller part of you. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And the energy, though, is, and the feelings, that's where it's at instead of this long, crazy list that people come up with. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so, so can you describe the energy? Like, what is that? What was that for you? You know, I, so I was slowly discovering who I was after my, after my mom died, and I was still married at that time, and I was realizing, you know, I'm, I, I find, I, I love the feeling of, expansion and freedom and I'm although I have you know I have my degrees and I'm very educated and I do well in school (laughs) I'm also kind of this quirky strange like sometimes I I I'm just a goofball and and I used (laughs) to think that those couldn't go together so I thought I want to feel I want to feel free to be all of who I am. So I want to be able to be really goofy and laugh at at ridiculous things and also be able to have these mind-stretching conversations about things that aren't necessarily um straight in front of us but like what if and what about this and what else is happening out there. So I had this after my mom died I started having a lot more experiences that I couldn't explain with my more scientific background so I found myself being drawn to you know what is this energy that's beyond what we can see and I thought I just want to be able to sit down and talk to someone about all of that and be able to go out and play I want to make love as passionately and as different as I want to, like, I don't want to be confined by it looking a certain way. I, I mean, I guess if you came down to it, it all came down to, I don't want to be confined. I don't want to be confined mm-hmm. in how I communicate. I don't want to be confined in how I make love. I don't want to be confined by how it looks at home. I don't want to be confined by what the, so it's it, the opposite of that is freedom. So if there were one thing, it's that sense of freedom and adventure. And I thought, you know, I can do that on my own. You know, I was learning how to do that. I started traveling alone. I started really listening to my intuition, doing things that were out of my norm, what I would say normal, that kind of small world I had created. And that was with myself and then also with my children. And I found Mm. that I was so happy. (laughs) I mean, I just had never had this uh, a, a sense of joy like that since I was young. Like really young, probably mm. up maybe eight, nine, up to eight, nine years old, and and then things kind of started shifting and changing. So, so for me, it was uh, if there's going to be someone in my life, he, boy, he needs to be okay with all of who I am, the quirky part, the kind of intellectual part, the very sensual, passionate part. And also I'm someone who loves time alone. So I need someone, I knew I needed someone who didn't feel intimidated or um, neglected by that, you know, that I was, that there wasn't some rule that I had to show up in a certain way for it to be okay. I needed to be able to connect on a level where we could co-create what our relationship looked like 
to work for us. So that's mm. a little bit of that, that, that energy for me, so, so, so important. I mean, the energy is so much more important than what any actual physical, tangible things, mm-hmm. you know, this is, I mean, there was a feeling yeah. of being embraced. Yeah, no, I, I, I love every part of this. I, I think that this is when people find a life partner, it's almost always in a surprise package. And mm-hmm. that's because you're really connecting deeply in that energetic way because that person is everything that you always needed and wanted, but you may not have expected it to come in this package, especially if you're looking for a certain package. And I think so many people have this package. It's like I, I once had this woman in her late 70s say, one of my must-haves is he has to have a full head of hair. And I'm like, okay, well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, yeah, the thing is, is, that's looking, you know, looking outside and, and assuming yes. or ascribing certain things to the way something looks in the physical space. And, and, and that usually means that you aren't actually really embracing that energy yourself. You're looking that, that be, you know, that full head of hair, maybe that means you know, for her, maybe that means he's incredibly um, passionate at lovemaking. For example, like I'm just making that. I'm just mm-hmm. making that up. So, 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 focus on that. You know, because not mm-hmm. every guy with a full head of hair is going to be. You know, so it's it's that looking, really looking in, and really embodying everything that you really want in a relationship in your relationship with yourself. I mean, that's my, Mm -hmm. that's my belief. That's what I, what I teach. And that's what I know. I mean, I was having a relationship with my partner energetically before I ever met him years before I met him. And Mm. that was part of how we recognize each other because I was so embodying that, energy in everything that I did um, and mm. that it, if I if I wasn't he wouldn't have seen me and the same is true if he wasn't I wouldn't have seen him seen him meaning energetically seen him but that's a real hard shift for people <laughs> but I know I know it's true I mean I I know I know that it's true I've seen it happen so many times but you've got to get away from some external thing being the answer to whatever it is you're missing. You got to, you need to really develop that in in yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I like I love. I had a you. I had a New Year's Eve. I had a New Year's Eve party with myself one time. I mean, I had invitations to go out, and I thought I checked in, and I thought, no, you know what? This year the kids were going to be with their dad, and I thought. I just need to be with me and celebrate me. And I made a yummy, yummy dinner. I opened a beautiful, yummy bottle of champagne. And I just had a blast. But see, that's, for me, that's what I would want to do with a partner. So at the time, I was doing and being and enjoying everything that I would with a partner and I was loving it. I wasn't sitting there going, oh, I really wish that I had someone to share this with. I was actually really enjoying myself. And mm. honestly, for New Year's Eve, that's kind of my thing. I like to be home and do something yummy and special at home. So I was doing what 
I love to do, and now I get to do it with someone else. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that you did that with yourself. Um, I I just, I think that a lot of people are not living their best life. They are living this diminished life, hoping subconsciously, because I don't think it's always conscious at this age, that somebody's going to come along and somehow rescue them, um, complete them in some way. Yeah. yeah, and I, I heard this message so much before I got married in my 20s, you know, oh, you need to be the best you can be, and but I didn't really understand it until I did this work, and I think it's, it's really on a very deep level, right? It's, it's totally shifts, and I, I think having gone through a relationship for so many years where you felt compromised, where you were felt but you didn't have that freedom, these values right. became so important to you. And I, I totally can relate to that also. And I, I was just telling my somebody that um, I had a panic attack years ago. It was towards the end of my marriage, and I had my first panic attack. And I was on a ship going across <laughs> Me the <too>. Atlantic. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm telling you, we are connected somehow here, Laura. <laughs> You were on a ship. I was in an elevator. <laughs> okay, so it happened again in an elevator. It was um, I was on this on the QE two going five days across the Atlantic, no land in sight for five days. My ex husband was a performer. He was performing on the boat, and he brought his parents with him, which was also a big part of why our relationship didn't work. And I felt subconsciously trapped on this boat, trapped in my marriage. Couldn't get off. Couldn't. You know, couldn't see land. And the first night when I came down to go to sleep, I was in a full-blown panic attack. And oh my god! Uh, oh my god! <laughs> and it was that. It was a real catalyst for me. I think I. I think that was the first summer I asked for a divorce. But it took me a long time mm-hmm. after that till I yeah. finalized it. Um, yes. But it was that feeling of trapped. And to me, like if I ever feel that somebody's closing in on me. I, mm-hmm. it's like I, I break out in hives. I can't, um, and I have a client right now who's, who's dealing with this where her, her independence is being, being questioned by the man that she's been seeing, and he's having trouble with her independent life away from him. And yeah. um, we're going to actually talk about this tomorrow. I think this is a huge red flag, and, um, you know, just it the control be... piece of it. Yeah, I mean, depending on the situation, I think it it mm-hmm. has the potential for incredible growth in a relationship. I know when I was first with my partner, he, I definitely needed more time alone than he did, and I was, you know, we're all, I, the way I view it, we're, we're always evolving, we're always learning, we're always growing. So it's not like you, it's not like you reach a point, you're like, oh, good, done with that. <laughs> but <laughs> I was <laughs> always being, you know, challenged to be even more, I thought I was really, really clear about what I needed, but I was, I found that I was being even more challenged to be really clear about I need more time alone it doesn't mean I don't love you and it doesn't mean I don't Mm -hmm. love our time together but this is part of what 
I need, because of who I am, in order for me to show up in all of who I am, I need mm-hmm. this alone. I need this downtime. I need this alone time. And we're actually, we're four years into our into our relationship, and he he's has so embraced it because he knows like for example he just he actually stayed with my daughter when I went away for a week because my my kid's dad is not really involved in their life so um he mm-hmm. stayed with my daughter I went away for a week to write and wow. it, I still have old stuff about feeling bad and feeling like I'm going to get yelled at I mean you know you're with mm-hmm. someone for 23 years you're kind of you have these patterns that you still you know you're still letting go of them letting go of them and I start to tense up and go I'm taking too much time for myself I'm you know like I need to go back and do this it's like no he said it's good and and you know, one week, and I, I'm writing this book, and it, it for me it helps to just have time, quiet time where no one is talking to me, <laughs> where I can just uh-huh. sit down and write and get stuff out. It's it's part of what helps me in that process. And, you know, we talked about it. I'm so incredibly grateful to him. I mean, he he has such trust and confidence in, in us that that I can be gone a week and really limited, you know, phone call, text a little bit, but he, he really honors that I'm in this process of writing and doesn't take it personally and doesn't mm-hmm. go, oh, well, now I need, you know, there's not a, there's, there's not that, what I would say is that constricting feeling, right? You know, that kind of squashing yeah. or constricting feeling. And, and it's more like, yes, you need this because you need to get the story out. And I want to support that. And it's like, oh, wow, it's incredible. Mm. And, but I will say to anyone listening, you have to, you have to be clear and you have to honor that in you, you can't just expect someone else to just show up and do that. I mean, this took, you know, four years of me saying, hey, in order for me to really be showing up the way I want to in this relationship, I need I need to have this, this time alone. I need to have this mm-hmm. time, you know, maybe with my kids or this time alone or this time alone working, whatever the combination is. And then really honoring that and not feeling bad about saying that, mm-hmm. like really saying, yeah. like, I, and I know I'm not a, I can be really cranky if I don't get my alone time. I mean, and who wants mm-hmm. to be around that? <laughs> you exactly. know, and he knows exactly. that now. I mean, he, he knows that now, but it's not his job. See, that's the other thing. I think a lot of women and men do it too. Expect the other person to, you, you mentioned mind reading at the beginning, you know, to mind read what they need. No. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, how would he know? He's not been with mm-hmm. someone like me before. <laughs> you know, he doesn't yeah, know even that if he I had. <laughs> I mean, I love what you said about honor what you need in yourself first, because so many of us will say, well, that's not so important. And just this summer, my daughter was visiting. She's 30 and has two kids of her own. And she lives in Israel and she was here for two months visiting and spent summer with us. And so I would have a lot of conversations with her about clarity and needs. And I, there was one point where she was trying to not upset my mother, but she mm. was trying to balance her own needs at the same time. And so my mother really right. wanted her to visit, and she really couldn't do it. And I said, you know, it's so important that you just say, this doesn't work for me. I care right. about you. Right. I want to see you. 
but it's really hard for me to put the kids in the car and come to see you. Would you be willing to come right. to me? No apologies. Absolutely. This is yeah. what works for me. And yeah. it was hard for her, but she she's better now. Like, she really did listen, and that was a gift. Um, but I, I think yeah. that in all of our lives, we have to do this. We, we It's absolutely essential that we speak up and that we know what our needs are and we honor them. We don't give them up for anybody. And it feels so good. I think that's the thing. That I, I think sometimes... I know when I'm talking to people, there's this feeling that it's hard work, right? Like this, oh, I got to focus on this, or oh, I need to do this. Oh, it's hard to hold these boundaries, or it's hard to ask for what I want. There's kind of a feeling of heaviness around that. And I, it is so incredible, not only a sense of feeling empowered in your life, which is a thrill, but there's mm-hmm. also this just, it feels so good. And, and, Yes, it takes some conscious um, it takes some conscious work because we all have these patterns that don't do that. <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. if it, but it, but the point isn't this is what you're supposed to do. Or this is what you have to do, or you should honor yourself. It's why wouldn't you want to? Because it's so delicious. It's so mm-hmm. wonderful, and it's wonderful for you, and it's wonderful for you and your kids, and it's wonderful for you and a potential partner, and it's wonderful for you and your friends. Like, it's not it's not a heavy, bad thing. I think there's a misconception about that, that it's actually mm-hmm. really incredible. It feels good. It, it does, and it brings me back to the word that you used before about freedom. It's like there's an expansion mm-hmm. and there's freedom in living in alignment with who you are, with what you need and want. And this really is the core, just to go back to the topic today, which is the freedom (laughs) and joy of dating again after 40. And I think that it really starts with you. And you live that life and you honor your needs. And and then it becomes easier to recognize if somebody is the right person for you, if you are Absolutely. compromised or not. So, yeah, um, yeah. so let's say, uh, you know, we, we're kind of at time, but we do have a little bit of wiggle room here. Um, I do <laughs> want to get to a little bit more because it's a juicy conversation and um, there's so lots much of juiciness to talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, you um, you talk about, and one of the talking points you sent me was that a loving, solid partner will only show up when you are a loving, solid partner. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so it's such a great thing. And I think that, um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, spending time by yourself and doing the things you love. Do you have any other tips for the audience for how to become that solid, loving, solid partner? Well, actually, kind of taking off from what you said about communication, you know, you're not able to communicate to someone else until you are really clear with yourself. So the more that, you know, really, I think that first step is the awareness of who who am I, what really matters to me, what feels good, and then looking for the things around you that that do those things you know what what do you get really excited when you have 
beautiful colors around you? Do you get really excited when you're out in the garden? Do you get really excited when you're traveling? Like I love to travel. So, so being, being able to feel what it is that you're wanting. So if someone says, Oh, I want a partner who, who listens to me and is, uh, adores me for example. Okay, so what does that mean for you? So more clarity that you have about what that means and then let's say it's something like, well, he he thinks he he like one of the things that my partner did one time when I was having a hard day is is he he set up candles and beautiful background music and a bath, a warm bath and and a glass mm. of wine. And it was, it was like, he said, this is just like a, it makes me want to cry because it was a really bad day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh. um, you know, he's like, this is a mini, a little mini spa moment for you. So, so that meant something to me because let's backtrack, you know, 10 years earlier where I was feeling like, gosh, you know, my husband at the time, I guess it would have been 14 years. You know, he, I want him to adore me. I want him to love me. Well, I wasn't being clear with myself with what that meant. I began to get clear what that meant. I expressed it to him. He wasn't able to. So I just started doing it for myself. Oh, I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go get a bikini wax. I've never done that before. Oh, I'm going to get some (laughs) cute little underwear, undies, and and feel good in it. I've never done that before. I'm going to start taking baths. I mean, I, I lived in Paris the year that we were actually splitting up we moved there together but we ended up divorcing that year or beginning the divorce and I took a bath almost every single day and I just felt the water and so anything Mm -hmm. that you really are wanting from a partner getting clarity about that and then doing it for yourself and enjoying it not sitting there complaining that someone else isn't doing it for you, but really luxuriating in it. The more that you can really, in it really, really open up and receive from yourself everything that you want to open up and receive from a partner. It's just practicing. Mm. I love it. <laughs> Believe it or not, I take baths every day. <laughs> I miss my that bath up in Paris. I, I, I didn't live in Paris, so. But I, I um, that was actually the first time I set boundaries was in the bathroom was the only place mm-hmm. we had a working lock in our house. And ah. I would go in there and set up the bathroom to, you know, with the bath and the candles and the book. And, mm-hmm. and it was the only way my husband would stay up and read to the kids. Otherwise, he'd fall asleep. So I took myself out ah. of the picture luxuriated in my own self-care and made him have to rise up. It was brilliant, I have to say. (laughs) I actually Um, think I tried that one with my ex-husband. That that didn't work, but going for a run, he could understand. So I suddenly became a runner because it was my only way to be alone. (laughs) And I never never enjoyed running long distance, but he he, he used to be a marathon runner, so he'd be like, good job, how far did you go today? I'm like, "Uh, I don't know, but maybe tomorrow I'll go for two hours. I love it. I love it. It was my time alone, and it was it was acceptable time alone. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I get it. Um, there's there's things that we got to do, but it is self care. That is how we take care of ourselves first. Yes. So, um, so as a parting, just our last thing I'm going to ask you is if you can share one final tip for how our audience can go on their last first date. That's my last question. Hmm. 
You know, I, I guess, and there's so many different ones, but what I feel compelled to share right now is a lot of times there's anxiety, there's nervousness, there's anxiety around that date, especially if like you and I, you know, you've been married and you haven't been on a first date for 25 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And here you are in your forties or, you know, whatever age where it's, uh, it is, it is different than when we were younger. There's a lot of things that are different than when we were younger. And what I think there's usually so much anxiety, stress, and worry about whether or not this, honestly, it's usually whether or not the person's going to like you or if you're going to be seen as someone, a potential partner, someone who's sexy or beautiful or whatever it is, and there's so much worry about that. My tip I feel compelled to share right now is how about looking at it as showing up in all of who you are in your beautiful, amazing, womanly, woman, whatever, (laughs) womanly Mm -hmm. glory, however you want to see it. And, and see if, and see whether or not his energy matches with yours. So let go Mm. of all of the worry, let go of all the stress, let go of everything and just go, I'm going out in the world as me. And you know what, if it's the right person, he's going to see me. Because the thing is, if you're worried and you're nervous and you're stressing about how he's going to see you, you're not showing up as you. And if it is your partner, he's not going to be able to see you. So have fun with it. Let go of that stress and worry and, and just trust that, you know what? He may or may not be the right person, but if you show up in all of who you are and whatever you're, like I mentioned about me, you know, kind of quirky, goofy, um, you know, got the intellectual side, got the sensual passion side, if in all of who you are, whatever your things, whatever your qualities, and you see if he can hang with you, <laughs> that'd be mm-hmm. my tip for now. I love that tip. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I just was telling my class attendants the other night that we usually hope that he'll pick us. Such a common thing. Like, please, I hope he picks me. I hope he chooses me. And they don't realize the power they have in being the chooser. And it is so true that you bring the quirks and the crazy and the, you know, just the, the, the silly parts. I think that often people try to be perfect. You know, and perfect is no fun. It's not even real. But it's not it's not fun to hang with somebody who's all buttoned up and trying to get every word right and You, you know, can't see them. Exhausting. You know? No, you can't I mean I mean my partner because of the weird things that I said that he recognized me. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean, well, I, we 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 had like a I don't know eight hour phone conversation was our first our first I guess <laughs> you would call that a date and and uh, I asked and he asked and we said a lot of things that I had never said before on a first communication you know date phone call with someone. It's exactly why we found each other because we mm. both just showed up totally mm, who it. we were. And, mm-hmm. and that, you know, when we look back at it now, we're like, well, how, what did we say? And why did I ask you that? 
Mm-hmm. I, I asked them a question. I said, do you think it's possible to have an orgasm without touching the genitals? I mean, that. I, who asked that on a first date? <laughs> but, well, I, but the I thing can see why he wanted to I ask was, you out. <laughs> no, but the thing was, I was so sick and tired of men being focused on sex. And I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted to make love. And I wanted someone mm-hmm. who saw other ways of making love besides just the genitals. And it was really important. That, so that's just one quirky thing about me. That was, it was a really <laughs> strange thing. And he was like, huh, that's interesting, you know. <laughs> so it led Let's to a experiment. whole lot of other. <laughs> and, and then he asked me, are you, are you truly ready to be loved? And that sent like fire my body because yeah. honestly had that had that been a question even a year earlier certainly not 10 years early I wasn't ready to be loved because I hadn't mm-hmm. opened up to receive so you know there there's funny things that so so show up because that's the only way your partner is going to be able to see you mm-hmm. and it'll also help bring out the best in him because he's going to relax into into your magnetism. Absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Well, Laura, this has been amazing. I could talk to you for hours. You are definitely my sister from another mother. Um, <laughs> I would uh, tell our audience how they can find you. You know what? I'm having so much fun on Instagram right now, but you can find mm-hmm. me on Facebook, my website, Instagram, and on Twitter. It's all the same all the same. It's Dr. Laura Ciel, D-R-L-A-U-R-A-C-I-E-L. Um, so Dr. Laura Ciel for my website. Um, like I said, I'm having fun on Instagram right now. I'm playing with photos and kind of inspiration. And I'm also sharing a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm writing a book actually about my experience, the year that my marriage fell apart and, and, and finding my power inside of me and that was the year that we were in Paris so I'm posting a little bit of stuff on Instagram about that as I as I'm writing so it's a fun I'm having fun with that medium right now but you can find me in all the other all the other places all of them Dr. Laura Ciel awesome I'm going to go check out Dr. Laura Ciel on Instagram which I am totally neglecting these days because (laughs) I find Facebook where I can type things out on the computer so much easier but I know it's, it's fun it's all different I love the photo, yeah. you know, and, and, and also my, my Instagram clips. So if, for anyone who's not on Instagram, you can go to my Dr. Laura CL Facebook page because it automatically um, posts the Instagram updates on the Facebook page, which I really, mm-hmm. I really, really like. Some people do like to stay on Facebook and they're not on, on Instagram as much. Mm-hmm. So so, yeah, it's, you know, we have all these opportunities to share and connect with people. It's just finding finding yeah. what, what works for you. But I try to keep it all the same so that depending on where people are, whether it's just wanting to check out my website or, or um, any kind of social media, it's all Dr. Laura Seal. Great. Well, thank yeah. you so much. And this has been thank fabulous. Thank you for having me. I, yeah, you're welcome, and, and good luck with your new book and with all your endeavors and continue to do this awesome work in the world. So thank you. Thank you, and thank and you for everybody. the work that you're doing. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs>
Um, and just thanks to the audience. Thank you for listening today. And if you love this show, please don't forget to leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Player, everywhere. And it really helps our show to grow even bigger and reach more people. So thank you. And I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Have a, have a great day. Bye.